Tin, founder of Tint. Uh, again, pivoted back in 2013 after raising 370 grand. Took that cash in bank down to about, you know, call it 180 grand-ish before pivoting to a brand new company. The team size was just three then. Now there are over 30 people between San Fran, LA, Seattle, Vancouver, Dubai, London, and a few other locations. Serving about 700 customers, doing about $5.5 million in annual occurring revenue as of today. 2016 on a cash basis, past 6 million. Goal on 2017 is to pass the seven-ish range. Payback period's really healthy, well under 12 months on a $12,000 ACV and $2,000 CAC. Looking to scale paid marketing so we can grow faster and more effectively. Tim, this is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per top. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year -year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data uh, metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing, though. This that database, I keep it to myself. It's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of. You've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at getlatka.com. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Tim Sekou. He is the he's a 26 year old L.A. based native residing currently in San Francisco, California. He's dreamed to become the first Asian American president of the United States to solve impactful problems with a purpose. He found their legacy rules to be really, really inefficient. He studied entrepreneurship at the University of Southern California and graduated early to naively start a company and fulfill original life mission. The company name is Tint. Tim, are you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. All right. These are big goals. So you got to create some momentum. The momentum starts at the current company, Tint. What does it do and how do you make money? Sure. So we are a marketing software platform. We work with B2C brands. We mainly help them solve the problem of trying to make their marketing content more effective. So what that means is we help them source all their best customer content shared on social media and allow them to uh, get the rights to it. And then finally repurpose that onto their websites, on their screens inside their retail stores or restaurants, to their email marketing or social ads, anywhere where a brand is marketing today, we can replace their content with more authentic customer content is this kind of the thing you see at conferences where there's like a hashtag with user-generated content and it just kind of feeds itself that is absolutely one of our use cases as well yes interesting okay um, and then how do you make money is it SaaS based or per event or a, what it, yeah it is a SaaS based model where um, uh, customers can purchase on a monthly or annual basis and what do they pay on average uh, the uh, range can be anywhere from $1,000 a month to about $3,000 or $5,000 a month. So $1,000 to $5,000 a month, so anywhere from twelve to sixty a year. Yep. And what what causes the variation in prices? Number of seats, event attendees, what's the difference? Yeah, so it's basically the number of like hashtags you want to track, right? So if a brand like a, a Krispy Kreme wants to track uh, an event hashtag, but then also their main hashtag, but then also like a campaign hashtag, and then so on and so forth, um, that's the main variable we 
would charge. What each hashtag is a grand or something? Uh, each hashtag would be it comes out to like forty dollars a month or something like that. Forty bucks a month. Okay, okay. So you have a pretty high just base price then. Yeah, base price for the um, packages you can start with. Interesting. Okay, wait. So then that's that's not the so hashtags at just forty bucks a month is not the reason someone would go from a grand to five grand per month. What is no. the reason? What's the are there yeah, other the features? Other, the other features will be like mo like certain moderation uh, features that will help you save time. So one one example is I uh, let's say a big brand like Nike comes in and there's millions of pieces of content. They can have a human moderator go through that piece by piece, minute by minute, or they can use our machine learning to help them learn, okay, these are the best ones you should use, and here are the best ones that we serve you with our machine learning algorithm, and that saves you a lot of time, saves you a lot of confidence, and takes away a lot of the guesswork. What year did you launch the company in? Uh, 2013, January 2013. All right, and have you bootstrapped or have you raised capital? We raised capital uh, on another previous company that then pivoted to Tint, but this product itself was completely bootstrapped. Okay, and the, the money that you raised, the, those investors, are, I assume, are they still on the cap table at Tint? That is correct. Okay, so how much did you raise before you pivoted? 370 total. Okay, three and all just from- 370K, yeah. All, all from angels? Uh, yes. Okay. And what was the, that's, that's an important lesson there. So in 2013, like, how did you know to give up on the other business? How did you know it was the time to pivot? Um, pretty simple. It was a consumer application at that time, um, around 2012, 2013. At that time, there was a lot of consumer applications coming out. The simple rule of thumb was that if you wanted to raise more money because you didn't have a revenue model, you needed to at least hit around 10 million users at that time to even make some sort of impact or dent to give yourself enough eyeballs to monetize off of. Um, and our trajectory and our, our growth rate at that time for the consumer application was not even near that. And we tried a lot of different things. And when we realized that we weren't skilled enough, let's say, because I'm a first time entrepreneur with this whole journey, uh, weren't able to accomplish that. We had to sort of uh, shift, shift, uh, shift paths. How much revenue was the other company doing before you pivoted? Uh, zero. It was just based on user count. How many users per month? Maybe around 5,000. Okay. Interesting. And what was your team yeah. size before you pivoted? Three. And did you take any of the additional capital? Kind of no, from in the bank, but did you do, so. but did you run the bank down to zero before you pivoted? Uh, we ran the bank. We ran the bank down to maybe eight months of runway before we made the big call. We had we had raised around maybe enough time for uh, sixteen months, let's give or take. Um, but right around the halfway mark, we realized that there was just no way we can hit that ten million user count um, for expectations to raise another round, even because we weren't going to be monetizing anything. At what that were time you guys so. paying yourselves as kind of founders? Um, around, let's say 36,000 a year. So okay. very little, um, and where are you especially, based? especially in San Francisco. How did you live on 36 grand in San Francisco? It was, it was a time ticking bomb. It was, uh, it was every month you were going to, I was losing money. So it was like, there was additional, uh, invested interest in making this something work. Where did you have savings from? Um, my own college career. I used to work in bookstores, in the museums, anything like that. I was a residential advisor while I was in college to save money. So that RA deal, just... man. If there's one predicator in college on who's going to be a successful entrepreneur, it's the RA because you got to deal with all the bull crap. You have to be a disciplinary at some times, but you also want to like try and be friends too, so everyone gets along and you get that's free rent. Right. You minimize expenses. Right. You got to You got to You got to know how to how to survive on minimal expenses at, at that college. That is like one of the big things I see in a lot of these. I I mean, I have entrepreneurs on that are doing $100 million run rates. And I just saw on the Muse the ladies the other day. I mean, the most successful ones are the ones that understand not revenue expansion, but expense limitation, right? Keep sure. your expenses low. That's the key. Interesting. Yeah. Now, are those two other folks that were with you when you pivoted still with the company today? 
Yes. That's great. What's team size today? Team size is right around 30 people. Oh, well, okay. Um, half, half would be around sales and marketing. Half would be about product and engineering. Okay. And how many customers are you working with today? Around 700. 700. Okay. So fairly substantial. Um, okay. So 700 customers. And th just to be clear, those are all customers using your new product, not, no legacy old folks. That's correct. Yeah. So this is all using the, uh, the product tint, uh, helping them with their marketing, collecting really authentic customer content, and then repurposing them across their marketing channels. Okay. And you said earlier, kind of your minimum kind of per month thing was between a grand and five grand. So if you have 700 yeah. people paying a grand, I mean, are, are you guys doing about 700 grand per month? Is that accurate? Or if not, why? Give or take. Um, so we have some older pricing models that we started with. So mm -hmm. that's one big lesson we've learned is like, you can't really perfect a business model in the beginning. So we were charging anywhere from like $50 a month to $500 a month to then $1,000 a month. So give or take, we make around 500 to 600 a month right now. Got it. And so that's about what you did last month between there, five and six. Yeah. And what's your goal for the end of this year? What do you want to grow it to? The goal is to get to right around seven and a half million uh, in revenue. Um, so last year we got around six. So we're trying to grow that just a little step up. Um, the challenges have always been obviously with bootstrap resources and um, cash in the bank uh, versus having outside investors help out with that. Now in 2016, you did six million in total revenue on a cash basis or your MRR in December multiplied by 12, your AR run rate was six million. The cash basis would be about six million. The AR would be right around five million. How can cash basis be more do you have professional services revenue so the um, cash basis comes from the one day events that we sell ah. right? so like you like you mentioned you know there's some event use cases as well um, where they would just purchase on a daily event basis 24 hour period so it's just not counted towards MRR or ARR anyway like that got it so your goal for this year by December 2017 is to break a seven million dollar ARR run rate so purely recurring revenue or cash or that cash basis cash basis and Okay. And the AR, we're trying to get to right around six. Okay, got it. So increase it by about a million over last year. Yeah. Yeah. And you're currently doing about 500 to 600 now. Is that pure MRR or do you include one-time stuff in the five to six? That does include one time off as well. So right now, the AR side would be right around like five and a half-ish. Um, so that gives you some-, some So 550K uh, in MRR? Um, so I'm saying like five and a half ARR, five, 5.5 million ARR in the, uh, ARR right now. Sentence. Yeah. Got it. So we can divide that by 12 to figure out monthly yeah, kind of exactly. left. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Um, okay, good. That's helpful to understand. So let me ask you a question. I mean, this is a very healthy business. You haven't, you've resisted the urge to raise capital. I'm sure you've had inbound you're, you're growing. Why haven't you raised additional capital? The main thing is that I've realized that I probably won't be a, a good CEO when I do that. Why? Uh, I've, I've identified myself more as a founder than a, a CEO. And the main difference between that is that founders are really good at um, executing on goals and getting to the goals. Um, but when you have, you know, outside people kind of weighing in on things um, while you try, I try to balance my my insane amount of consideration for our employees and their growth and, and as well as our customers um, to try to juggle all those balls. The way I visualize it is like having a, another bowling ball come into play when you have VCs come into play or uh, outside funding come into play. It's much tougher to juggle that. And I just feel that I wouldn't be the best CEO to do that. And um, that's why I've made the cognizant decision and conscious decision to not raise outside funding. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from a, from a strategic point, of you for my team, I've always believed that constraints foster creativity. So with these resource constraints, we are forced to be more creative. We are forced to- Are you profitable? We are profitable. We've, we've been profitable ever since the beginning. So like like just kind of up. barely above the line or you're pretty significantly taking 10% to the bottom line every month? 
There will be 10%. Yeah, 10% will be on the average. Sometimes we'll have good months where we go up to maybe 20 or 30% of the of the revenue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, if you're at a $5.5 million AR run right not including the one-time stuff, that means you're doing, I'm doing this in my head, but you're doing around four, 170 grand in AR and you're taking what, 10 grand to the bottom line. So your bank's growing by about 50 grand month over month. That's pretty healthy. 50 grand is really the average. Yeah. yeah. And then, like I said, some months will go up to a hundred grand yeah. um, with six figures. Yeah. What are you spending to acquire new customers? <clears throat> what are we spending? Yeah. To acquire new customers, your CAC. Gotcha. Um, the customer acquisition costs will probably be anywhere from... 2000 probably um and that is a range of different activities everything from outbound activities to inbound activities and then um we try to you know that famous uh three to one ratio of ltv to cac um, that's something that we're we always kind of watch out for as well. are people paying you kind of annually up front or they pay monthly usually yes. annual up front okay so so if you have if the minimum is a grand per month you're getting twelve thousand dollar checks when they close so that's if you correct. only spent two grand to get them you're getting your payback immediately correct yeah, that's correct. On and a that's cash a basis. That's, that's correct. Yep. Interesting. Um, so why not triple your triple your investment in acquiring the customer? Um, it's about figuring out what the right channels are. I think that's still a, a big question mark for us that we're, we're testing like maybe like five to seven different channels and we're trying to figure out which ones will make the most bang for its buck. And right now, one hypothesis will be um, investing more in uh, speaking events and sponsoring some of those talks um, and really getting in front of a, a, a really strong buyer audience and then really educating them, positioning ourselves as thought leaders and then putting them through the funnel. So that's one thing that we're pushing for um, as, a, as a main channel of investment. Last month, uh, if you just add up your paid spend, what you spend on paid advertising? Paid advertising will probably be around 10 to 15 grand a month right okay. now. So it's less than 10% um, of that, but we would like to invest overall marketing spend upwards of like near 10% in the near future of our revenue. Yeah, you'd like to grow to closer to 40, 50 grand. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. correct. Um, interesting. What is the weirdest thing you've done to acquire customers? Weirdest thing, oh, well, I can say you, one thing. I was going to say, you, you strike me as a charmer. You've probably done some interesting stuff to close close well, customers. Here's, here's one story from the beginning, and while I share that, I'll see if there's any other ones that pop in my mind of what we're doing currently. But one in the beginning was, um, the, the train of thought was, um, let's use our customers to help us acquire new other customers. Mm -hmm. And so to try to get on their good side um, and, and try to throw something on a more fun, humanized basis, I said, hey, is there anybody? that um, in your network you think would be good to utilize this product and can I just get an intro and if so let me draw you a picture of an animal and you choose your animal and I'll mail it to you and then people took up that challenge right they'll they'll make intros to me with email do you have one I'll, in reachable distance like one you've drawn that you can hold uh, up it's in my phone um, okay if I can I'll probably send it to you guys afterwards all but, right um, I remember drawing at least 20 different animals and they were really crappy animals but I just started laughing are you like, like an artist or was this just like so no. weird people People this loved is, it. This is so weird. People loved it. That's 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 why that's why I share the story because you're like, what's something weird that you've done? So and when I'm you drawing, run for when you run for president, are you going to tell voters vote for me and I'll I'll draw you each an animal? Man, I'm going to have to hire a lot of people to help. That's me about with a, that. yeah, about, about seventy million idea, animals. Yeah, the main idea is definitely like, what can I do to bring a smile to people's faces that helps them remember me and really show that I am. I am willing to put in the the tough work to get the result that I'm that I'm looking for. Last right? few so questions here before we uh, wrap up. Team of thirty. Are you guys based in New York or where's home? 
I'm in San Francisco with presence in LA, Seattle, New York, Vancouver, Brazil, Dubai, and London. Okay, interesting. And why, why I mean, why Dubai? Yeah, so Dubai was, um, uh, the, the, the timing was great, right? Because there is a big push for technology investment. There's a lot of money being poured into digital investments. Um, there were no competitors there. And so it was kind of like a, like a mind sweep there or land sweep there where there was no, no, no noise there. People, uh, companies there were looking to invest more in technology to kind of uh, grow beyond the Western civilization and, and, and culture here. So there was just great timing, great fit for that. And then round out the story, you were bleeding cash early on when you took your salary down to 36 grand. What are you paying yourself now? <laughs> right now, I still pay myself something modest, but also nothing too great. It's right around 100 grand a year. That's very uh -huh. fair. Yeah, I think it's very fair. I, I, I see it as putting all the money that I could have gone back into the company to help people grow and help the company grow. Are you, uh, do you have co-founders or do you own, yes, you know, two 67? Other, two, two other co-founders. Okay, yeah, two, so cap table, generally speaking, it's like 30, 30, 30-ish, and then investors have the rest? Collectively, the the founders and the team own more than, right, or more than, a little bit more than half the company, and then okay. the investors will own the other half. Um, but then uh, the co-founders and I own um, majority of that, uh, fit, fit, like majority of that majority. So let me ask you an interesting question. Um, that's a lot for the size of your company, right? Because they put money in way before you even pivoted yeah. to this product, right? And you were young and first entrepreneur. Yeah. That's like a lot of equity for someone yeah. your age who you can do anything, you can be anywhere, you can take any big risks because of your age. That's like a lot of equity to not have in your control. Have you thought about exiting the business, take all the lessons you've learned, start over in a position that's more equity favorable for you? Sure. So that's definitely been in consideration. First, I would I would answer that by saying that I was a first-time entrepreneur, 21 years old at that time, um, having a dream that I wanted to pursue. So I was willing to give up more, right? Like this famous quote of like, you'd rather have like a small piece of a big watermelon than a big piece of a, of a grape, right? And so um, that's the mentality I was operating with. Um, but in the future, um, you know, it's something that I've been considering and thinking about. Hasn't necessarily come into exact play yet in terms of having something more favorable or equitable. Um, I would tell you that that wouldn't be the main driver, though. The main driver would be something more around um, doing more social good, aligning my greater purpose in life for the projects and the um, opportunities I get to work on. And um, it just if it, if it just so happens that the equity becomes something that is more favorable, then that's a cherry on top. For if me. I wrote you a check today for $30 million, would you sell the business? Would consider it. Would Interesting. consider it. Interesting. Um, only because it's been a you know I've learned so much. And if you if anyone knows the story of how we how we started was um, very serendipitous. It started from a class project. Yeah. I never meant to be in marketing. I never meant to be in software. Yeah. And look, it I just, mean that's that's 15 million back to people that put in 370 grand. It's 15 million <laughs> for you, your two co-founders and the team. So call it three, four grand a pop, eat a million a piece. Exactly. Like that's a exactly. nice little exit, right? It's it's, it's more than enough for yeah. someone like. How old are you now? I'm 26 years See, old. See, that can fund a presidential run. <laughs> campaigns, right? Campaigns. campaigns. <laughs> Guys, big news. Last month was a huge month for the company I recently acquired, which was www.thetopinbox.com. I liked the company so much when I met the person who created it. It lets you send emails later on Gmail set up reminders like snooze almost to keep your inbox clean do things like send auto follow-ups and do open tracking so you know when your emails get opened it's great if you're in sales or ceo or trying to be more productive so listen i bought the whole company on the spot and i want to tell you how i did it i've showed the deal by the way to big smart people private equity firms vcs and they're dumbfounded 
They go, Nathan, how did you do this? We've never seen a deal like this. How did you do this? So I did an unbelievable deal and I wanna show you the income report. So for me to send you the income report, go to www.thetopinbox.com, click the red button that says install this on Gmail. And when you do that, my email will appear. It'll appear in a little uh, Gmail pop-up window. Send me an email and I'll reply immediately with the income report. And you can see how I'm buying and growing small B2B SaaS companies. That's www.thetopinbox.com. Totally free to try and use. www.thetopinbox.com. All right, let's wrap up here, Tim, with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Business book will be um, Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, Mark Cuban. Number three, is there a favorite, besides your own, is there a favorite online tool you have, like Acuity Scheduling? Uh, Wonderlist. Number th uh, four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Eight hours. By the way, Wonderlist is shutting down. What are you going to switch to? Shoot, I didn't even know that. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Uh, it was just announced. Then I need to find something else. <laughs> no, you just told me to learn, learn something. All right, number number five. You're 26, and what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? Single. Okay, single, no kids. Last question. Take us back six years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? It's okay to make mistakes because that's how you're going to learn. There you guys have it from Tin, founder of Tint. Uh, again, pivoted back in 2013 after raising 370 grand. Took that cash in bank down to about, you know, call it 180 grand-ish before pivoting to a brand new company. The team size was just three then. Now there are over 30 people between San Fran, LA, Seattle, Vancouver, Dubai, London, and a few other locations. Serving about 700 customers, doing about $5.5 million in annual occurring revenue as of today. 2016 on a cash basis, past six million goal on 2017 is to pass the seven ish range payback periods really healthy well under 12 months on a twelve thousand dollar acv and two thousand dollar cac looking to scale paid marketing so we can grow faster and more effectively tim thank you for taking us to the top thank you so much for the time and opportunity